It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We're going to start to put a bow tie on our Jim Brown conversation. We're going to do our top five running backs of all time, get some viewer comments, but we have to start here. What do you guys think the Browns should do for the upcoming season, if anything at all, to honor Jim Brown? You got an idea, Bull? Yeah, I, I think they should do multiple things. There should be a 32 on the helmet, in my opinion, and 32 in the middle of the field. I, that's I, what this, I think too. The Browns, in my opinion, in the Jimmy Haslam era, have not done a very good job honoring the greats of the franchise. Well, uh, they bring them back. They, you know, they, they bring guys sometimes, back. Sometimes, but I've talked to some players off – off the field, I'm not naming any names, obviously. Right. And there's been, and I've said this to to one member of the Browns front office, that guys have said, you know, like you, you don't always feel welcome. Yeah, and I think they've gotten better the last couple of years, but they better do this right. Like, yeah, how many times has Washington been crushed for how they screwed up Sean Taylor things? I know. You know, like this has got to be done right, I, on the helmet, on the field, and the Browns this year need to play with the heart of Jim Brown because they haven't done that in a long time. Yeah. And they need to play with the, with the toughness and the fight and the heart that Jim Brown had. And putting it at 32, right in the middle of the field, and on the helmets, that yeah. would say something. I want the helmet at midfield with the 32. Yeah. I don't know if the league's going to allow that. I think there is a rule that it either has to be a logo or the shield. Uh, that sucks. Um, if that's the case, yeah. I would change the logo. Yeah, change the logo. I Screw would, it. I mean, yeah. I would literally change the logo to 32. Yes. And uh, I, I, I was thinking about this yesterday, and I don't know that it'll be a rallying cry for the team because the team, although they knew him, I met, met most, or if not all, of the players had met him. They don't, they don't really, you know, yeah. unless they're real students of the game, they probably right. don't understand the impact he had. You honor him by dedicating the season to him and you go kick the league's right, ass that's it. Yeah. every single week. You play like it's your last down, your last game, and you, you bring back to this city the honor it had when Jim led the way. That's how you honor him. Yeah. You go play your ass off and you win. Simple. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. There should be a 32 on all the helmets. There should be a 32 on a helmet on the middle of the field. Stop trying to get cute with elf logos and new dog logos. Yeah, yeah. Just win. Yeah. Just just win. That's right. And everything will take care of itself. What about you, Boogie? How, how do players yeah. look at that kind of thing? Yeah, my, I would say um, I would like to do take a delay a game, maybe every home game. Oh, wow. And just and then have the PA guy announce, like, we're taking this for Jim Brown to get the crowd you know, showing their appreciation. Wow. That's something that. I so feel, their first offensive play, yeah. just have Either everybody that. stand around yeah, and yeah. maybe play a video on yeah. the Jumbotron. Every home They're game. not going to do it every home game. Yeah. They probably won't, but. Because your first series, you're first and 15 to yeah. start. <laughs> but also the t- other team to honor him can decline that penalty. Oh, that's they, interesting. They don't have to accept the penalty. That's, oh, they that's can go really out, interesting. Yeah. Go he out is with, right. They don't they, have yeah, to no, accept the delay game. They can go out with 10 players maybe. That's that's in, really in interesting. The I like you know that idea. Ten that players. incorporates the other team showing respect for what he's just done for the game in general, not just the. No, I like Brown, that. So. That's really smart. 
You get what I'm saying? Also bring his his, his wife out um, maybe for the first home game. And right. Just give her a moment of silence. Hopefully she's done um, grieving at the time. Right. So just little things like that alongside with the logos and the patches. Just something that would be more memorable. Very interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. I mean, he, he was the first guy. He paved the way not only with his civil rights work at, for, for young black men in America to, you know, and, and, and Leroy talked about what he had to deal with, like having to stay in a different hotel. Like, we know those things happen, but it's still every time you hear it, it's hard to believe, like, it's that jarring. these things happen. But, like, so he paved the way and he opened doors for so many people. But he also opened the doors in a way for stardom in football. Because to that point, baseball and horse racing and boxing were all bigger than football. By far. Right? And Jim Brown, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, but to me it feels like Jim Brown was the first superstar in football. Well, if you think about it, the the year before the Browns, or the, the Super Bowl era began. Yeah. The Browns won the, the world championship, the NFL yeah. championship. Right. Um, and it really was coming into its own. He led the way into the Super Bowl era. Yes. Yeah. And so there's a lot of credence to that theory that he was the runway to yeah. today's NFL. Right. And I don't I, – I can't think off the top of my head. If I say this, I, I, I may regret it. But to me, it seems like he was really one of the first stars to go from athletics to acting mm-hmm. and do it very, very well at yeah. a high level. I yeah, can't, I can't I, think of I a mean, lot of others. Maybe I'm, I mean, I wasn't alive. I just, yeah, in my knows, mind, but... as I'm trying to think of guys that have done it, many did it after. In fact, the guy that most, I think he's most compared to is O.J. Simpson. Right, right, right. And O.J. Simpson famously transitioned into acting and had a pretty damn good career as an actor, too. Yeah, because usually they'll just have guys do small appearances. You'll be like, oh, I've seen Cameo. yourself. Yeah, Cameo. Yeah, I, as I seen, himself. I've seen so-and-so. Oh, did you see him in the movie? Right. But to transition and be a star in, in, yeah. a world, in stars in multiple films is, is amazing. It is. Yeah. It really is. And uh, it's a testament to, you said yeah. earlier, it's a testament to the, the kind of resolve that he had to be able to leave one arena mm-hmm. at the top and immediately go seamlessly into another it's and tough. have major, major it impact. Is, it is so tough, especially in this field that takes up a lot of your time. You have to have a special level of dedication and discipline yeah. as You're an right. athlete to transition to another field where me being in that field now, how hard those actors work and study those lines, it's, it's a whole other dedication discipline. So to be amazing at both of them, like I said, is just a testament to how special Well, and to Bull's point earlier, um, he was just the kind of person that, his drive and will to be great, not will to make it. Right. You know, we, I remember one of the things we talked about in the interview because it was we sat down for well over an hour. One of the things that we talked about was he said, if I decided I was going to do something, mm-hmm. I wasn't just going to be there. Right. I wanted to be the best. Yeah. No matter what it was, whether it was lacrosse. Mm-hmm. He's in the lacrosse Hall of Fame. He's in the college football Hall of Fame. He's in the pro football Hall of Fame. Right. I asked him if he wanted to be a professional baseball player, could he have been a professional baseball player without – sounding, you know, boastful. He was like, yeah, I could have if that's what I chose to do. Yeah. He I truly believe that. I do, too. I basketball, just, probably, too. I think, I think, I believe his senior year in high school, he averaged over 30 points a game. He was a freak on the basketball court. Yeah, I mean, so. It's just, and track and field, too. He won right. the 100. He won the Ridiculous. long jump. He won the high jump. He did whatever he did. He won. And I just think he was one of those rare, rare people. We all know them. 
that no matter what they try, they're not just good or accomplished. They're great. Yeah. 52 films. Yeah, wow. I didn't realize it was that 52 many. 52 films. That's, that, that's, that is incredible. That and is I incredible. counted four different times to make sure that number was right, <clears throat> and it was 52. Wow. That's, a lot of, that's a lot of damn films. Are you sure you want to bite off this next topic? Yeah, I, did a, I spent about an hour and a half researching this yesterday. I did. Because you know that it's one of those things you can please some of the people all the time and all the people some of the time, but you can never please all of them all of the time. Yeah, it's like, well, you weren't like, here last, uh, last week, but we did, we did some hypothetical trades Yeah. For, the, for Jared Allen, just play around the trade machine. This was Friday. Right. I think it was Friday, right? But was it Friday? Yeah, yeah it was yeah. Friday. And I have people saying it's way too much, way too little. Right. This team would never do it. That team would never yeah. do it. You're not going to please any, everybody. It's no, impossible in this industry. Not. Uh, but I do like when, at least in those situations, that I think we're going to get to that same point here. This is gutsy. With When you have people on both sides saying that's not nearly enough for a trade, you're probably in the right spot then for a trade. Yes. Now, this is a little different, and I'm going to argue a certain way for certain players, and you may disagree because you value something a little more than I do. But before we get to this, I think there's a clear top four. And I think there's a tier with five through seven that could be rearranged. Okay. So, with what we're talking about is ranking the five best running backs of all time. Yeah. We're going to do this it. This is tough. We're going to do it. And this was not easy. Not easy at all. And we're going to do it thanks to Calling Companies Championship, July 12th through the 16th at Firestone Country Club. Check them out. More information at callinggolf.com. So Who's always, your number five? By the way, Icky Woods better be in that top five, or, or we're going to be fighting. <laughs> he, uh, he made the honorable mentions honorable mention. We'll okay. put it that way. It better be Leroy at number five. Leroy also an honorable mention. Real quick with Leroy, you know that play we watched with Jim Brown and Bush was like, that's why running back starts seven yards back so they get yeah. momentum? Yeah. That was the Leroy special for two and a half yards. Yes, it like, was. Like, that was Leroy's bread and butter. Yeah, that was it. Two and a half yards into the hole, and then uh, two yards. Jim Brown takes it. 75 yards for a touchdown. Two yards and a cloud one, of dust. One of Boogie's, uh, Boogie will tell you one of Leroy's favorite uh, quotes. He, uh, he said, if you need three yards, mm-hmm. I'm your guy. If, if you need eight yards, I'm not your guy. No, I think but, the quote was, I think the quote was, if, if you need one yard, I'll get you three. If you need oh, yeah, yeah, yards, yeah, yeah. I'll get you three. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> right. He was the a, man knows what he is. Yeah, yeah. No, and he was. He truly was. He was the three-yard yeah. guy. But he, he was, did kind of. He ran in a similar style. No, it wasn't Jim Brown, but similar stylistic runner. He to did Jim Brown. Physical, yeah. initiated the contact, and you could definitely see there. He left his mark on defense. Not afraid. We caught at three yards in a cloud of dust. Yeah, that's the good old days. Okay, who's number five? All right. So, five and six came down to two people, in my opinion. And I gave the edge to Adrian Peterson over Eric Dickerson for the longevity nod. The slight longevity. These two, if you wanted to tell me that Eric Dickerson should be five and Peterson six, fine. I'm not going to throw a fit. I gave him the longevity nod. He won an MVP, four-time first-team All-Pro. He's second on the all-time single-season rushing list behind Dickerson, who still holds that record. But he gets the nod because he's been... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. A, a leap back for nine years, 
a very good back for 12 years and a serviceable running back for 14 years. Yeah, he struck around 15. a lot at the so end. He gets the slight longevity nod over All Eric right. Dickerson okay. at number five. Dickerson had one of the all-time great seasons ever on a bad team. Bad team. Okay, bad, bad so team. yeah, Dickerson is, is uh, on the cutting room floor. Who's number four? So like I said, these next four, I think it's one through four in some order. You okay. could argue different things. But with number four, one with Emmett Smith. I know wow. he's the all-time rushing yards leader, all-time touchdowns leader. He has three Super Bowls, and he's the most reliable back ever. But I don't think at the end of the day he was as good at his peak as the three guys ahead of him on this list. I'm okay with him at four. I know some people have him one. I do not have him one. No, I'm, I know some yeah. do. Um, yeah. The reason I'm okay with having him at four yeah. is because he had a Hall of Fame quarterback. He had a Hall of Fame wide receiver. He had Hall of Famers, I believe, on the offensive line. Two, yeah. I think. Two. Great tight end. And a great tight end, not yeah. a Hall of Fame, but a great yeah. tight end. I mean, he they played. They were just a fan, sensational team. They had it all. Yeah. They had it all. Now, yeah. not to take anything away from him, he was a great player. But had he played on the 2010 Browns from 2020, is he Emmett Smith? Does he elevate the Browns? Probably a little. Yeah. But he's not. He doesn't have the same impact because, like we said, when you're playing around a team with other great players, everything is made made easier for you. That's, so that's why yeah, I was kind of kind of shocked he was because at that spot. In Jim Brown's case, everything was geared to stop yeah. him and only him. That's right. If if in the 90s and you're playing Dallas and you're going to stop Emmett Smith, you could take Emmett Smith out of the game. There were teams that game planned him right out of yeah. the game, and they were still able to beat you with Irvin, yep. Troy throwing the ball, and they could beat you other ways. Yeah. The Browns beat you one way. Do you think Give he has to 32. That, that cowboy effect because he played for America's team? Well, probably. Yeah, I think that has the, something the to do with it, too. We but, saw all yeah. of his games because yeah. they I mean, were he always was great. I mean, he, yeah, not to take yeah, I'm not going to say he's not great. There. He deserves to be in the top five. Yeah, but I wouldn't I put him don't think So, I think he's appropriately slotted at number four. I agree. Yeah, I mean, he is the all-time NFL leader in rushing yards and touchdowns. So, say what you want. That is You're right. an accomplishment in its own. But I don't think his peak – was as high as the next three. Uh, okay. By the way, I would not have had um, Adrian Peterson in my top five. Would you have Dickerson in that spot? Why, why no. not? No. Oh, okay. So then you're going to have somebody. Who Who then do you have why? in your top five that, well, uh, you don't know yet. You don't well, know well, yet. Well, I'll tell you at the end. Yeah, I'll tell save you. it okay. at the end. All right. The three through one here. Don't take it, Steve. Might be the hardest decision I've ever had to do. It's really I, tough. This is literally almost impossible. That's why I asked you. Are you sure you want to do yeah, this? No, no, I am. And, and I spent a lot of time on this. I, I really – People sometimes, the top fives, when they're silly, we throw them together, we have some fun. When it comes to this stuff, like, I'm not going to put my name on it unless I've fully researched it. It's fair. Feel confident. Now, yeah. granted, I didn't see any of these three guys playing live. Like, I, Barry Sanders, who's coming up on this list at some point, I was four when he retired. So, yeah. like, well, Jay remember. and I saw Barry Sanders. I saw Barry Sanders his entire so, career. So, you guys can chime phenomenal. in. This is going off highlights, stats, research, yeah. everything. And at three – is the aforementioned Barry Sanders. Okay. He might be the single most talented player ever. He was untackleable. And his numbers, just flat out absurd. Six All-Pros, he won an MVP, but he didn't have the playoff success. And remember, and know, the playoff success cannot be held against him. No, in fact, in fact, he is the antithesis of Emmett Smith. If you swapped yes. Emmett oh Smith God. and Barry Sanders, oh my God. you yes. had five Super Bowls. Yes. 
because I do think Barry Sanders is more talented than Way Emmitt more Smith. Talented than and him. he had nobody, nobody around him. Nobody. They, they were never had a quarterback. Bad. They the only uh, he had a good, they had one good wide receiver there, Herman Moore. Herman Moore was, was really good, for, but they had no quarterback. No, no, they nobody. They had no else. defense. They had nothing. They were terrible. They were he the Browns the entire, from 2010 to yeah. 2020. He was the entire team. That's it. He was, he he was the entire team, and you still couldn't stop him. He has six All-Pros. He won an MVP. His numbers are absurd. His yards per carry, a little lower than you might actually remember. He had a short career, too. Well, th- and that's why and Jim he Brown retired. Had a short career, He too. walked away yeah. just like Jim did. He, he walked away, yeah. and that's, I think, the, to me, that was a differentiating factor between him and Walter Payton. Right. And we'll get to Walter okay, Payton. Okay, so, yeah, your top three are my top, top three. two. In a sec, but Peyton had some long uh, had the longevity nod. Right, Barry Sanders, unbelievable in his own right. You look through; he had a 2,000 yard season in 1997 with 11 touchdowns. He led the league with 16 touchdowns in '91. Led the league in rushing four separate times. He was unbelievable. But his yards per carry for a guy who was as dynamic and as many big plays as he did, yeah, was a lot lower. It was only 4.4 right. than I thought, which I guess plays to the fact his line was terrible, and so he was such a hit or miss. Barry had an interesting distinction. He was sometimes a victim of his own skill set. Yeah. He has the most negative yard carries in NFL history. Yeah. Boomer bust. And I don't mean that in a bad and way. It's not even boomer, boomer what it, bust. And I understand where you're going with that, but Barry, oh, he told me once in an interview, because I, I brought that stat up, I said, that's kind of a, a, a you know, it's, it's a weird distinction to have. And he said, every time I got the ball, I felt like I could run for a touchdown. Even when I was pinned in, even when there was no hole, even when there was no light, I felt like I could get out of it and run for a touchdown. So he did reverse course a lot. I will say this. His yards per attempt were an even 5-0 according to Pro Football Reference, Mike. I thought it was higher than 4.4, too. I don't know where you got that number from. Oh, I was like, sorry, it is 5-0. 4-3 yeah. was his last season in Because there's only three, there, there's number. only, I think... Yeah. <clears throat> There's only a handful He's of guys. He's one of four that guys over that five. average over yeah, uh, four five years for his career. That, that's my. I, was I will say this though, and and it's hard to say because of the, he didn't have the team success. But I, if you just go on highlight films alone, Barry Sanders is the best I've ever seen. To me, if, he's number one. I'm sorry. I, I agree. I would no, take look, him as the best back listen, ever. Listen, as you look at the highlights yeah. and you just watch, what's a running back supposed to be and do? Yeah. Barry Sanders. Yeah. He's the guy that you put into the time capsule, and if you're telling someone about football 100 years from now and what a running back is supposed to be and do, I show them Barry Sanders. Nobody in the history of football had more jaw-dropping plays. No one. Nobody. Yep. Jerry Rice, no position. What was his last year? Barry Sanders? Yeah. Did he, he carried play? the ball. I mean, he was phenomenal. Carried the ball 343 times for 1,491 yards. He only had four touchdowns. But what, what season was that? 98. Yeah. Okay, so it was very much like... Um, he was 30 years old. Like Jim Brown. He played nine seasons. Yeah. Just yep. like Jim Brown. He, he had 1,400 yards in 16 games, yeah. where Jim had 1,500 yards in 14 games. Yeah. I remember when uh, it was my first year in Tampa, and it, before they played, because they used to be in the old NFC Central, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. I was a baby. Yeah, the, not the born, NFC, really. the NFC Central, yep. and they would talk about. I would interview the defense about. So, what's it like getting ready to play yeah. Barry Sanders? And they all said he's our nightmare. He is our yeah. worst nightmare. And remember, they had John Lynch, they had Warren Sapp, they had Derek Brooks, they had a defense, and them trying to tackle this guy yeah. was mm. literally like well, one mistake. If you missed one tackle, you're done. Like you're, that's it. Yeah, you didn't and get a it, second chance. I remember, it. as in those years, it was like. 
because in those days you weren't you know you couldn't see all the football games like you can now so when the lions now it's it, it, well the lions are getting good again but for many years it's boring to see the lions on thanksgiving but when barry sanders was on the lions that was like one of the highlights of the football season because growing up in new york i'm sure here too that was your time to I see him in the prime time window play that much that, that was stunk. it you, yeah. you ate turkey and you watched Barry Sanders on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And that was probably the only time you were going to see him all year. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay, uh, yeah. what's well, so who's Walter Payton? Walter Payton and Jim Brown are one and two, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, I'm going to give you the case for each, and then I'll tell you who I sided with at number one. Walter Payton, the only running back in NFL history to rush for 1,200 yards 10 times. Think about that for a second. Yeah. In 10 separate seasons, Walter Payton rushed for 1,200 yards. <laughs> that is stupid. Yeah. Stupid. Third all-time. Now, now, I know this is a hypothetical, but had Jim come back, he, he ran done, for yeah. 1,500 in 14 games. He would have gone over 1,000 yards again. Right, right. Totally fair. Yeah, and, and obviously these are their own errors in the 60s right. versus the 80s. Uh, he did have, Walter Payton had the rushing record when he retired. He also had the elusive MVP for a running back. Jim Brown, on the other hand, short career, but arguably the most dominant during his era. Led the league in rushing in eight of his nine years. He was an all-pro in nine seasons, eight first team, one second team. He's the only quarterback, I mean only non-quarterback, excuse me, to ever win three MVPs. Still, to this day. To this day. Yeah. The only non-MVP. So I weighed a little bit of longevity with Peyton over the pure dominance of Jim Brown, and this is not because of what happened over the weekend, but I came to the conclusion that the most dominant running back ever was Jim Brown. I couldn't get over the fact that he had – I understand different eras, 60s. As Leroy said, he weighed more than half his linemen. But three MVPs, only non-quarterback to ever do that. And he was the best of the best at his position all nine years he played. He walked away before he was done. And I know you can say the same thing about Barry Sanders, but at the end of the day, I went Jim Brown at one, Peyton two, Sanders three, Emmitt Smith four, and Adrian Peterson. See, five. I would have OJ ahead of both Emmett and Peterson. Oh, really? You'd have them that high? I would. I would say you could, because when you said Dickerson, I would say you could put and OJ Dickerson's in the top right five. there. I'll tell you a guy who gets left out all the time of these debates, but shouldn't be. Bo Jackson? Is, well, Bo Jackson didn't do it long enough, although he would have been. Marshall Falk. Falk yeah. is in that, in I feel that like category, gets, yeah, right there. I feel like he gets lost. As my only purpose backs went. My only beef with Peterson and obviously Peterson's top 10 and arguably a top five back of all time. My only beef with Peterson is for his era, he was kind of a one-dimensional back. Yeah. You know, for quick, quick yeah. question though. In his era, dual-dimensional backs weren't as big of a thing as they are now though. That's true. Well, but they, so they the running backs, running backs weren't asked to. But they were starting to, you were starting to see guys in Thurman his Thomas. Era was a dual purpose was, back. Yes. There were a lot of backs that played yeah. in that era, but yeah, to your point, it wasn't like now every team has to, they right. want you they were, want but Marshall Falk back. was the two Marshall you know, Falk was he was like an the, outlier at the time. People were well, that's he why was kind I, of the OG really yeah. that uh, really, really did it both very, very Edger well. Edger and James did both. Yeah. Edger and James yeah. is another one. Gotcha. There's I mean there's so many great backs. Yes. Any of those guys you can argue. Yeah. I've always personally felt Are you Emmett okay Smith with is Jim a little overrated. Yeah, sure. I mean I I think Jim Brown, Peyton, uh, uh, Walter Payton, and Barry Sanders, you could put those three in any order. Yeah. I, I think they're one A, B, and C. If I had to choose, I would put Barry one, Jim Brown two, and Peyton three. Did you watch but Peyton Bull? I did. So yeah. you did? Okay. You had the I mean, you know, I, he, what was his rookie year? I can't Walter remember Walter Payton, now. give me one sec. I think Walter Payton was the, the purest runner of all of the running backs. In 75. the open field – 
he Eric Metcalf was another guy that yeah. looked like a gazelle in the open field. Yeah. Walter Payton ran beautifully. Yeah, he, I mean he was incredible. His his form, like Jim was a tank. You know, he was a tank. Right. He was a bruiser. Yeah. And OJ was a little like that, but OJ also had, you know, world class speed yeah. for at that time. But I just thought that Walter Payton just in terms of his gait and his running style, so I can so dodge. easily see him high-stepping with yeah. his legs, but just in perfect form. Right. He was elusive. Amazing. He was pretty to watch. He right. was. And I was only four years old when Walter Payton was a rookie in the NFL, so obviously I don't remember the early portion of his career. Yeah. But when the Bears won the Super Bowl with him, I mean, he was their entire offense. I thought it was a disgrace that they let refrigerator score a touchdown yeah, and not I, Walter Payton. He was angry about that. And he should be. They scored 55 points. Yeah, I know. That was crazy. And Wait, you're he not didn't gonna, score in that game? No, he put he put William the Refrigerator Perry, who was their gimmick back. Yeah. So you probably don't remember. Yeah, he's but a, huge, yeah. He was massive. Yeah. And he was a defensive tackle. And they used him in a gimmick offense at the goal line. And he was, his nickname was the Refrigerator. He They couldn't stop yeah. him. But when it was obvious that the game was well on hand, it was a blowout. On third and goal, they took Walter Payton out of the game and put the refrigerator in the game, and Fridge scored the touchdown. And yeah. Ditka, to this yeah. day, there are people in Chicago that have never forgiven him for that. I yeah. did not realize that Payton that, did not score yeah. in that championship And he was game. very angry not. about it. Um, and he should have been. And he, and, and, and he I, was a calm, salt, he was a soft-spoken right, right. guy, never controversial, but he held that as, as you know, I know a lot of, when they did the 30 for 30 on the Bears, they on that team, they a lot of the other players talked about that Peyton was pissed about that. And that, I mean, Jim McMahon, you know, he had that one good year. That was his only good year, yeah, really. That, that was, was basically it. Yeah. it. But and and they had uh, who was their great wide receiver? Uh, Willie Galt. Willie Galt. Yeah, I mean, that's the greatest team I've ever I've ever seen. It was the most dominant in my lifetime, even yeah. more so than the uh, the Ravens when they had that great defense. Yeah, obviously the they Giants gave up nine else. points a game. Yeah. And their offense was Electric. The, the the only thing that stood between them and a perfect season was the Miami Dolphins on a Monday night. Right. And it was really billed as if any you know this can they, can right can the Dolphins with Marino keep someone else from having a perfect season because they went fifteen to one and then won right. the Super Bowl and they just in the playoffs they flew everybody away everybody it was a fifty-five to seven or something yeah, in the Super Bowl against the Patriots they had the Super Bowl shuffle yeah it was that that eighty-five Bears team was ridiculous was unlike anything I've ever yeah. seen last Barry uh, last Walter Payton stat before we uh, do some internet Jim Brown memories and we'll move on to the Guardians. How many passing touchdowns do you think Walter Payton threw in his career? He did throw a couple. I think he did. I think they had a couple eight. plays. Three? Ooh, eight. I wouldn't have said that many. Three? Bull nailed it. Eight? Eight. I just guessed. I he, they used to do that little sprint out. <laughs> they would pitch him the ball. I'm definitely and he would, rocking with Bull yeah. tonight. <laughs> and it used to be wide open. <laughs> I'm taking the Tigers. I'm throwing Let's the extra. Let's go Tigers. El Tigres. <laughs> wow. He threw a number out there and just landed. Bull, you got yeah. it. You know, Barry Sanders never threw a passing touchdown, so now we have to, you know, picking hairs in that debate. Hey, there you go. There's your. uh, What was his quarterback rating? What would his career quarterback rating be? 157? Wasn't wasn't bad. Hold on. He he threw 34 passes. It was not good. He threw 34 passes in his career, completed 11. Eight of those 11 went for touchdowns. He also threw six interceptions. You know what it speaks to? It speaks to how defenses played him. When he got the ball, yeah. all 11 came for him. Right, right, sure. And that left somebody wide open in the end zone. Yeah. You don't uh, hold the level of competition 
that Jim Brown had to play against compared to Walter Payton against him in the. I, I mean, I do a little bit, and that's why I think I put Barry Sanders ahead of him. We're getting better. Our game was evolving. And right. Things like that. Uh, compared to OJ? Compared to, to Jim Brown. Oh. Compared to, to Walter it, Jim Payton. is the. You know, right. When you but, look at those guys and say which of these is not like the other. It's Jim because yeah, of the sure. era he played yeah, in. All yeah, right. of these guys are modern era football backs. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's really hard to distinguish between those three. Yeah, it's and even tough. the other guys that we're all mentioning here. I feel like we're forgetting. Like, what about the guys playing now? Who you know, like yeah, I had they got to do it five. I thought I wanted these. I What's had, your top um, five? Just know what I had: a- AP, yeah, LT, um, uh, Chris Johnson, Shady McCoy, and Sean Alexander were just five backs. Yeah, you're young, and that's me, okay. Yeah. Me, you, well, you're a young dude. But <laughs> Davey Tomlinson actually, we left him. Yeah, yeah, Davey Tomlinson is in Tomlinson. the conversation. He's, he was in the he's in the like, top the ten for sure. Yeah. Longer yeah. honorable mention list. Those yeah. other guys, you know, of the last twenty years are in the conversation. Yeah. Look, this look, is my, yeah. my list of that's guys the guys that, that you I've saw seen. that right, you right, remember, right. and all of those guys were electric. I just remember that exciting that CJ two K season. Just the whole. By the way, now he's got a long way to go, but. I believe Nick Chubb. Now, again, you got to hold it against him that he doesn't catch passes in terms of the all time list. Sure. But I believe he's third all time in yards per attempt, Nick Chubb. He is. One so of the, he's one there. of four yeah. that averages yeah. more than five yards. Marion Motley is actually number one of all time, who, wow. who played running back even before Jim Brown. But do you ha- it, was he number 60 or 61 or something? Like, I, don't, don't you have to be in the 30s to even or 20s to yeah, enter this conversation? Yeah, I feel bad for Nick Chubb just because in today's game, it's, it's a pass-happy league. It's yeah. going to be so tough for a modern running back to, to crack these top five lists going forward because everything yeah. is so pass-happy now. It yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, they want to see points it, put up. They don't want to see a dominant running back. That's yeah. why the outliers of the, the Derrick Henrys and the Nick Chubbs are so highly praised because you see the running back right, list just right. getting depreciated. If I'm Nick Chubb at this point, you, you, you know, you're the, I think, top three runners of the football in the sport right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, sure. I From January to April, mm-hmm. Or just take it all the way to camp, August, July. I'm gonna I'm gonna catch two hundred and fifty footballs a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to run routes. I'm gonna work with guys that have been p- great pass catching running backs in the past. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna eliminate that as a criticism of my game. Yeah, and I wonder I mean it's not like you know, remember in that playoff game he did have some drops. Uh, but but I for the most part he's he hasn't had drops. They just don't throw it to him a lot. I wonder this year, even though Jerome Ford will be there, Jerome Ford is not I, – I would think – I know we're talking about they're going to throw a lot, and I agree with that. But I think Nick Chubb will have a higher percentage of plays on the field than he's ever had in his career this I, year. I hope so. And I hope so, so I think he'll get more – Passes this year. I wonder I, if he ends I up. I hope so. I'd I wonder if he ends up that. with a career high in, in receiving yards for him, which is probably not that high. No, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. If, if that happens. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna get to our internet comments, yeah. and internet memories. Um, Jim Brown from our wonderful viewers and audience out there, and as always, whenever we ask the internet for a response, it's brought to us by our dear friends at PCC Air Force. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, well. PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. We got some text on Haymarket. We got some YouTube community comments. Uh, it's easiest to pull them in on Tagboard from Twitter, so we'll go with a couple tweets here. But this first one is from Michael 
And don't say, well, I was too young to get the privilege to watch him play the game of football as a legendary human who was a Cleveland icon who helped unite people and build equality through athletics. He'll forever be remembered. The world lost a great man in the city, lost an icon, RIP. And we got two more here. This one I appreciated. Back in 96 when he boxed the aliens to help save the world, an iconic <laughs> moment in the career right. of Jim Brown. How could you all forget that? And this is from the April, and she says, for me, Jim Brown, in addition to his greatness on the field, will always be remembered in one of the single funniest scenes in a movie ever. I'm going to get you, sucker. I don't know what movie that's from. I'm not going to lie. I'm uh, going to get you, sucker. I'm going to get you, sucker. Wasn't it a parody? Was it a um, Yeah, it was a, 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 like a, a spoof. Film. Yeah. yeah, spoof. Also, oh, my God, I just forgot. He was in um, the movie with Schwarzenegger. Oh, God. Uh, the Running Man. Was he? The Running Man. Yes, look that up. Well, I, have to, I have to watch some Jim Brown movie. I don't know if I've ever he seen was, him in a so movie. So remember The Running Man? It was I like a game the show. I didn't see Running Man. I didn't okay. see it. Okay, so for those who don't remember, Running Man was like in Schwarzenegger's he heyday. He was. You're correct. Right? I, can't, just remi- I just remembered it now because he said boxing, and I remember. So The Running Man, Schwarzenegger was uh, in jail for who the hell knows what. The, it's, a, it's like a dystopian society in the U.S., in the, in the entire, all of Earth. And Schwarzenegger, he's either going to get killed for being a, a criminal or he can go on this game show where you could get killed. But if you survive, you're clear of all your criminal wow. behavior. So Schwarzenegger goes on the show. By the way, the host of the show was Richard Dawson, who used to host <laughs> Family Feud. Yeah, Family Feud. And the game's rigged. But he, in each event, you have to fight against one of the, you know, the guys who try to kill the running man. Right. There are all these different characters, almost like wrestling. And the champion, the all-time champ was Jim Brown. And for most of the movie, he's in the high rollers room, hanging out with the mucky mucks. But then the, the, those guys keep getting killed. So eventually he goes down to fight against Schwarzenegger. It was pretty cool. Wow. I, like, yeah. I, I, I hadn't thought about that movie in a while, but he was I great. I haven't seen that. it, but the concept yeah. sounds fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, more internet Sorry, comments? Mike. Yeah. Now, those are the internet comments we got. We got so many that are coming in, it's hard to. Oh, we do have one super chat, though. Uh, Anthony sent it to me. Give me one sec to pull it up. This is from. Where did he put it? Sorry. Uh, this is from Maurice Lucas. No relation to me. My birthday is your show's anniversary. I live in Phoenix, but I was born in Cleveland. My name is Herman Moore, and I went to Shaw High School. So thanks for watching, Maurice. We appreciate nice. it. Very and cool. And happy uh, belated birthday. About two weeks out. So. West Coast love. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. <clears throat> Any more Jim Brown stuff? I feel like we spent an hour 40 on it. we've covered it all. I, I think, think we, we have. Did. Yeah. Kudos to us. We did it. And uh, we will miss Jim Brown here in Cleveland and around the country. No doubt. And some other sporting news. Not a good weekend for the Guardians, guys. Three losses to the Mets, each by one run. Well, and, and in, in each of these games, they blew leads late. The Mets, yeah, won, in, the Mets won in their last three at-bats. Yeah. Now, in the, second, in the first game of the doubleheader yesterday – the Guardians were down, they came back, and then they still lost late. In the eighth inning. In the eighth yeah. inning. I mean, Stefan came in and walked the guy, gave up a home run. Their, their pen's been a disaster. One of the things we talked yeah. about, Bull, yeah. and this was one of my concerns when I went to Arizona in spring training and <laughs> yeah. I talked to the pitchers, I talked to everybody that on the staff. The one thing that, I, that we were very concerned about was year to year, you, never you know. cannot replicate that kind of success. Yeah. It's, it's literally like you're throwing darts in the dark. 
And they, as good as they were last year, they've yeah. been that bad this year. They've been, uh, listen, Class A has, is, I, I'm not going to say he's been terrible, but he's not been good. He, I think he's, he still leads the majors in saves. Yeah, but. I think he's second in saves, but he already has. But he's already blown more blown this saves. year than he did. And they've yeah. got 12 as a staff. Yeah. He's, 12 blown saves. I mean, he's been, uh, Karinchek's been awful. Give up the grand slam to Pete Alonso on Friday night. I think he's given up six or seven home runs. Yeah, I mean. As a whole, the bullpen's been just awful. Yeah. Uh, pretty much across the board. And those are just soul-crushing losses. It's, it, you know I what? Mean, you had That's a huge what I... lead on the Mets on Friday. You let it get away. They were up 7-2. They gave up a grand slam to tie it. Yep. And they end up losing. They, they take the lead in the 10th inning. They score yeah. two runs. They give up three runs. I, it was And it was unbelievable. And the three runs they give up, they had given up one. Obviously, you had the runner on second. But then it was two outs. Yeah. And then single, 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 and Lindor kills him. Uh, gets knocks to the game-winning run on Friday. Lindor hit the home run to tie the game last night. My son Corey was at the game Friday, and yeah. he's like, "Dad, oh, that crowd! It felt like a playoff game." Yeah. Now, granted, the Mets have been struggling. They're just now over 500 right. with the win uh, in Game One, I yeah. think, of the doubleheader yesterday. But all of this being said. And I'm pissed. I'm telling you, oh, I'm furious. Yeah. I am furious, and I'm going to the game tonight. Yeah. I'm furious right now. All of that being said. They're four and a half out. They're not out of it. <laughs> you know, you're playing I in mean, the worst division in baseball. I feel like every day I keep expecting to look at the standings and see them 10 out because they play. they've lost 20 of their last 31 games. They're wow. 11 and 20 in their last 31, and they're only four and a half games out. And it's not like they were playing that great before this. Their, no, they their season high is three games over 500. They were nine and six. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, nine yeah, and six. You're right. you're and right. they've lost 20 of 31 since then. So oh, that's a problem. Like, if you're nine and six and you lose 20 of 31, in most cases, you're, you're double digit games. You're done. Out. Even if it's still May, right. you're done. But the whole division stinks. If they were in the East, they'd be 15 games out. If they were in the East, they'd be t- the, the Twins would yeah. be tied for last. In the it, that's a good point. The Twins would be tied for last. Tied they wouldn't last. be 15. They'd be 14. Uh, okay. Uh, Even quick, in the West, at, everybody's good except for Oakland. Do you well, know? If you look across, yeah. Boogie, one second. If you look across the American League, there are only five teams in the entire American League with a negative run differential. Yeah. Only five. The A's, minus 168, which is absurd. <laughs> just like, just <sighs> flat out absurd. If this was you, if this was soccer, they'd get relegated yeah. to Triple A. The A's, by the way, have given, and the other four are the and the other Central four are the American the League Central outside of the Twins. The A's, by the way, are allowing two runs more per game than the second worst team in baseball. Oh two more runs per game. I think the White Sox are the second worst. Um, well, you know what? The, the Sox are in for a series yeah. starting tonight. If they if the White Sox win the series, the Guardians are going to be in fourth place. This is where they yes. got to get hot. I'm I, I'm pissed right now. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not throwing in the towel no. because why would you? Now, the Cardinals are starting to play better baseball. They've gotten hot. You know what's interesting? They just gave my Dodgers The trouble. Cardinals, the Yankees, the Astros. Uh, there's some, some teams in there I'm missing. Dodgers got off to a bad start. Dodgers, yeah. they got off to horrible starts that are now turning around. Now, yeah. Tito notoriously starts slow. Yes. His team, this is their trademark. And they usually get hot in June. It's time. There's, look. You're two weeks away from being in first place. 
You're yeah. a week away if you get red hot. Yeah, the problem right now is, and, and I still think they're going to win the division. As all, And right now, they're an awful baseball team. Right they now, terrible. this moment in time, they're an awful baseball team. They're not hitting well. They're not pitching well. They're not doing anything well. I think well. their starters are throwing well. That, that's the interesting thing this weekend. All three starters were solid or better. Pitched well enough to win the game. And, you know, there's some issues in the back end of the rotation, obviously, with the injuries, but I, I, I'm fine with the rotation. Yeah, but they've addressed that. Like, yeah. with, 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 well, Bybee's with pitched very and well. Bybee. Yes. And when is Williams coming? Like, have uh, you seen what Williams is yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, he's been great. I, I mean, I would think Bybee. Guys can't hit him. All right, and Bo Naylor needs to stay in the majors. Absolutely. Now, this is ridiculous. They, on, on May 18th, yeah. which I think was Thursday, maybe, or Wednesday or Thursday. The catchers for the Guardians yeah. were hitless for the month. Yeah, we were talking we, about we that did. last week. I, I made that whole segment I mean, on Friday. Bull, bull, you and I yeah. could take 66 <laughs> major league at bats. We're going to get a hit. We're going to get a Maybe hit. Maybe you could. I don't know. I, I, mean, I built an entire <laughs> segment for you on Friday about that. And then you call that sick. Just so yeah. you know. Oh, man. That was a bummer. We had a whole I miss, miss Kirkshin. Tim Kirkshin was I know. Here. He was great. We asked him about I, you, too. I love Tim Kirkshin. I was so bummed he that was I missed him. Did you hear the story he told about you? Uh, yeah. See, he, did he tell the story about spring training when I, I jumped Hit, in the, the batting cage? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was like, well, I don't know, Jay. You know. He was the one. I think it was Kirkshin. Who said there was a group of us? Mark Mulder from the old Royal yeah, pitcher sure. was there. A's, A's, uh, A's, A's. Yeah, yeah. He said, uh, and I can't remember, but I think it was, I think it was Kirkshin started. And he goes, man, that we were watching guys take BP, and the the uh, the pitching machine was set at ninety, and it's the kind that you don't see. It looks just like a pitcher. Yeah, you see the video, and the ball just shoots right. out, and. He's like, man. Jay, do you want to hear Tim? We, we have we have Tim telling the story. You want to hear? It? Sure. It's only it's only a minute long. Yeah. All right, Steve. He underestimated me. Take it. Jay is a dear friend of mine. We went to the bat. We went. To, we did a uh, a show in like Phoenix or something doing the Giants, and Jay still plays baseball at a pretty high level. So he That's jumped great. in against the pitching That's machine, throwing. It was at least eighty five. 90. It might have been 90, it was and like 90. he said, I can hit this. And I'm thinking, Jay's a good ball player. He's a good athlete. I'm not disputing. I said, I'm not sure he can hit 90. And after about three pitches, he hit a bullet. He hit a rocket. And I said, all right, there's Jay Crawford for you. And, uh, <laughs> and I played catch with him a few times. He can throw a baseball. So it's always good to find someone who's in the business who's actually played at least one of the games. It's not necessary to have played in order to be a good writer, analyst, reporter, but it sure helps if you have played before, if you know what 90 miles an hour looks like, and yeah. Jay Crawford does. Jay yeah, talks boys. about his playing days all the time, so I'm glad we got some real <laughs> confirmation that he actually does not a throw. Yeah, Jay is, is a dear friend sport? of mine. What's that? We went to the bat. Is baseball your favorite sport? Oh, by far. Yeah, yeah. by far. We opened Jay was a season. professional baseball player, Boogie. Yeah, and we opened our season Saturday with a big win. 12 to oh, 4. Oh, nice. Six innings, one earned, three for five at the dish. Nice. Yeah, Red big, hot big start. win still against a very good team in our in – our, what's that? You still play? Still play. Yeah, still Where? play. It's a Northern Ohio uh, – Anything down there in Canton area or uh, no? Uh, yeah, we, we play games in Akron. Really? Yeah, Patches up the arm every year. I do. I got to tell you, though, yeah. I, this was the first year that I, I – well, I shouldn't say I, – I, I didn't throw at all. You know, yeah. I just I just didn't. Um, yeah. I've been doing a lot of, you know, different exercises for pitching. But I showed up, get the ball for the season opener, went six innings, five Ks, walked three, which is a lot for me. I don't do not Terrible. walk guys. 
I know. I listen. <laughs> it's honestly now, embarrassing. It, it, it is show. embarrassing. Get off my show. I, I was I was seriously now one of them was a three two pitch that was beautiful. My catcher even turned around and he never says anything. My catcher said, yeah. where, where was that? Um, so it should have been two walks, but technically it was three walks. But I thought my arm would be killing me because I probably threw 90 pitches. Did you yell at the no umpire on that pitch, by the way? What's that? Did you yell at the no, umpire? No, I didn't. I did. <laughs> we fan? are going to go out. We will club? shoot one of Jay's games. That's yes, a promise. Yeah, we'll go to. out. Mike Jaffa shoot one of Do you have games. a fan club? Uh, it's very small. Family, you know. Uh, I might pop up one of them. All right. All right. Very good. Body, body paint. I learned he walked three batters in his debut. Yeah. Off the Jay bandwagon. That will be. I will not walk three guys in a game the rest of the year. But that's that story. What was true, and that what he left out was, he said, "I'll pay for a group dinner." Because there were guys that were in, that were hitting the cage that, you know, were. I'm not saying they would miss a lot, but there were right. guys that 90 they were swinging and missing, and uh, he was like, "There's no way you're touching that." So when they were done, it wasn't the Giants. We were at the Giants the day before. It was at the Indians, and they said, "Go ahead, go in there, and yeah. we'll give you three pitches to square one up." I fouled the first one off. I hit the second one. It, it was in a cage. I wish it wasn't because, and I think Tim would tell you this, my third one might have been a home run. Mm. I mean, it was completely squared up and hit to dead left center field, and yeah. it was crushed. And everybody that was in there was like, what in the hell just happened? And I, I just dropped the bat, walked out of the cage, and I said, Tim, That's we're going to the most expensive restaurant in Phoenix, and, and you're paying. Because <laughs> it wasn't just dinner for me. He said, I'll buy the group, our whole Baseball Tonight group. How big was that bill? It was, I don't know, but it was, it wasn't small because <laughs> we could all eat. Are you we a big Dodgers fan? Uh, so, so, but that was your team growing that's my, up. Yeah. That's my team now. Cause I'm an LA guy. So yeah, me learning now, understanding the game more. Now I'm a huge Dodger fan. Love Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and things God, like Mookie that. Betts so yeah, but you know what's Ronald Acuna is having the kind of season that you remember 30 years from now. Yeah. Um, he's running. It feels like he's running away with the MVP race. Already. And they got a great rookie, rookie too. They've got a great yeah. their, their whole team's They're really just good. Yeah. Spencer Strider yeah. stacked. Yeah. Uh, real quick, one last reminder that the lunch drive of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show is sponsored by Colet Companies Championship. You can see your favorite golfers at Firestone Country Club on the 12th through the 16th of July. Check them out at CollegeGolf.com. And Boogie mentioned LA. He mentioned his Dodgers, but we can't end the show without Please, no, giving no, Boogie uh, a chance no, to no, cry no, about no, his no, beloved man. Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, they, wow. No, no, I'm no, sorry, no, man. No, no. I listen, I've had I a, ter- a terrible weekend. On the Lakers, a and it was terrible. Marlers getting their tails kicked. My Lakers losing. It's, it's, we're down 0-3. This is terrible. You think they can even win one game? We got to win tonight. We we got to win one. Well, the, it, uh, both series are 3 0, yeah. right? I mean, uh, this is a nightmare for yeah. the NBA. LeBron's been down 3 0 three times in his career in the playoffs. And, and never won the. He won one game. Oh, four. I thought he was. He's one in. He's one in. His teams are one in three after being down 3 0. Their role players are just shooting. Cr- their role players are playing amazing. Bruce Brown's playing out of his mind. This is yeah, just, a team, isn't it? I mean, this is not just one. Murray's but the, really but the good. thing about it is, See, that I, I think know. people are forgetting because of the resurgence that the Lakers have had, how at the bottom we were at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I know. They're the number one seed. They're the number right, one seed. Right, and nobody respected nobody, them because they hadn't done anything yeah, in the playoffs before. Right. There's the number one, they're the number one seed for a reason. So let's not get off. Let's go talk about those but, Boston Celtics now. Yeah, they're no, losing, that's a much more yeah, embarrassing They're that's losing unbelievable. to the eighth, uh, eighth but, seed. But so. let me ask you this. Is it embarrassing for the Celtics or is it impressive for the Heat? Because I have to tell you, for both. a team. I think it's both. For a team that was on the edge of elimination, yeah. they look like 
they can't be stopped right now. How have you ever seen a team like or an ex- a better example of how much coaching matters? Yeah. No, I don't, don't think, think I have. Of coaching in the NBA like we do in football, yeah. and it doesn't mean oh, as much. And as good as uh, Spolstra has been, yeah. Oh my God, I didn't understand like. This- I didn't understand in game two. What, remember in game two of Miami-Boston when, Jim, when uh, what's his name, Grant Williams was talking trash yes, to Jimmy Butler? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, Like, at that point, Jimmy Butler just went bonkers. Yeah, crazy. And they never double teamed him. Never. Never switched it. I'm and like, that's on the coaching staff. I don't understand that. I kept watching it thinking, when are they going to adjust yeah. here? And they didn't. And I think I, I'm... What do you make of that, Mike, as Mr. Basketball? Like, how, how did they not double-team Butler in game two when he's gone bananas? So, a couple things. One, Joe Mazzula yesterday was asked after the game. He fell on his sword. Have you lost the t- locker room? Have you lost your team? And he said, yeah. And to hear coach. <laughs> you never hear them say the that. Easter, like, wow. admit. And I'll, I'll find the exact to, quote. He said, but, I've got to do better. I'm, I, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't prepared. I didn't have my team prepared. Yep. Like, he, he fell oh, hard got, on the sword. Yeah. But guess what, Mike? He had to. We're all seeing the same thing. Yeah, but they there's there's a different – like, the Lakers lost game three. They missed some shots. They came out and played. They were ready. Yeah, right. The, the, Celtics, the Celtics were not ready last no, night. Not even and close. Being no, they got humiliated. Going on the road, knowing you're the prohibitive favorite, you're playing an eight seed, which, as Bull alluded to, we've said the regular season now means essentially nothing ever. It's it just goes to show you that the regular does, season – But to go into that scenario – Knowing the adjustments that had to be made, knowing that they are a essentially a one-man team with Jimmy Butler leading the show, and even though Gabe Vincent and the other role players have been phenomenal, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, Vincent was the leading scorer in the game last no, night. No, no, no but Tyler, it's still no Butler's Tyler Hero, the Tyler antagonist yeah. of the whole offense. He's the he's yeah. the guy to come in flat and not have your guys ready. And I stand yeah. by Boogie. I actually would love for you to chime in here. When when I was playing, and I do think nine at nine nine of a hundred times, mm-hmm. it's on the players to get ready to play. Like if you're not ready to play in game three of a playoff series, that's on the players. I don't think he meant, but I don't think that's what he meant, Mike. I don't think he meant like fire and brimstone, let's go. I think he meant X's and O's. He did. So you but think he meant his in the first quarter when they he, there? Yeah. But in the first quarter, when Miami came out and threw the first haymaker, right. that's when in my opinion a coach calls timeout. Get a timeout and get rallies you got- and says Draw a line in the effing sand. Let's go. We're on which side? Go. And he did not do that Didn't yesterday. Do he fell on the sword. Boogie, is it the same in a, in a football locker room where it's on the players to kind of get up for the moment? Or do you guys rely on the coach to almost set the scene and get you guys ready for war? No, it's definitely the uh, the players. You know, the coach prepares you throughout the week, and you can have the same mindset and mentality of your coach. But at the end of the day, it, it is the players who are out there out there playing. They've got to provide the fight. they got to go out there and execute the game plan that you've worked throughout the week because it sucks that sometimes coaches are at blame when they might have a good game plan. You had a great week of preparation. They're going into it feeling confident, and the players just go out there starting flat. But it's on the coach that will come up and say, oh, I let the guys down just because he is the head coach. Right. But it's definitely on the players, me being a current athlete, it's on the players to go out there and get it done. Yeah, that's interesting. I thought that – I mean, I, I, Boston is too good. They're too good of a team. They have way more talent than Miami yeah, has. Yeah, crazy. And this is, if you ever want to make a, you know, because there are some that say, ah, oh, it's not, coaching in the NBA is a yeah. joke. In the playoffs, it's yeah. everything. Well, that's Who what do you, you guys really think is going to win the title? Now I think Miami. I think it's going to be Denver, but yeah, I think it's going to be a really good finals. If I hope it is, because these Denver. are eggs. Yeah. Who you Den- got, Mike? I would take Denver. And, and to Boogie's point with the coaching adjustments, and Boogie, I hate to go back to the Lakers, but there's nothing to break down in the Heat-Celtics game. The Nuggets-Lakers series has come down to Bruce Brown, 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Jeff Green. Yeah. And Contavious Caldwell-Pope hitting open shots that D'Angelo Russell and Lonnie Walker and Malik Beasley, who hasn't really played. Those guys had and they had been hitting them earlier in the playoffs. They were hitting those shots. Their role players are playing much better than our role players. But on the topic of adjustments, I will say that at this point, Darvin Ham has been at least trying different lineups, different adjustments, trying to But he hasn't got his finger just, on anything that works. It's not working. And um, sometimes you have to tip your hat to certain guys making threes because we, like, make adjustments. If we double Jokic or double um, – well, I don't miss it um, – Jamal Murray, yeah. somebody's going to be open. Some and if their time. players are hitting those threes – you can't cover everybody. You have to no. tip your hat. And, yeah, you do have to and pick the poison great. and live and die with yeah, it. They're you know shooting great from the three-point line right now, and they're playing with confidence. So he's trying to make adjustments. But And we've been in each yeah. of these games. We've been in the games. You, have. you were up. Interesting. Jamal, like game two, mm-hmm. Jamal Murray did not play well the first three quarters. Yeah. And, the, and then he went nuts, nuts. in the fourth quarter. He's seen quarter. one go in, and it was right. like a like an he's ocean. Always he was been like yeah, and so. then in game three, Jokic didn't do much the yep. first three quarters. Some of that, a lot of that was foul trouble because mm-hmm. he was on the bench. Right. But then he went nuts in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. and just put the team on his Which back. Which of the teams the down 0-3 has a better chance of winning a game? The, the Lakers. The Lakers. Just because the, the sample size we've seen. Of the just three, because they've been close. They, they the Lakers lost three games by a combined 20 points. The so, Celtics lost by 26 last night. And I night. believe it was the Lakers get, are at home. But I still think the, the, the Celtics, I keep looking at this roster going, how in the hell is this I happening? I think the Celtics want to go home now at this point. That's the way it feels. I think Jimmy, well, Butler, I think Jimmy Butler's ripped their heart out. They're, he did. Yeah, Jimmy I think buckets, he's, he's man. ripped their heart out. So I, that's why I would go with Los Angeles because we have been competitive in these three games. The last one, I think we were up by one point in the fourth quarter with seven minutes to go. And then we had a stretch when they went on that 13-0 run and we lost it there. But if we can just get some, make some shots, I think we'll, we'll be okay. Has the team one. ever come back from 0-3? Zero. I no. think it's zero Never. and 149. Yeah. By the way, it's only happening in baseball. Yeah, I think we're just asking for one game. Just let us not get sweat. Remember in game, <laughs> keep the, remember keep the rooms in, in the closet. Two, remember that, like down the stretch, the last minute of game two, the Lakers were down four, I believe, with like 50 seconds to go, and LeBron missed an easy oh, layup. LeBron's been horrible shooting the ball. And like you wonder, game one, he's just will we, will we look back and say that was the moment where LeBron stopped being LeBron? It could be before then. You know, he missed a a, a dunk. He did miss he a did dunk. Miss a dunk. First, yeah, the first, yeah, was, that the game first one. time he's yeah, ever we were up, that was, I believe it was, was it game one or game two. I thought it was game one he missed the dunk. Because we were one up, was the dunk and then two was the listen, blown We were layup. up eight points at that moment, and that could have put us up yeah. ten. He misses the dunk, and I feel like the, re- wow. the momentum just he went He has down not here. looked like LeBron James in this series. And then in game I mean, one. he's old. I mean, he's still 23-7 yeah. and 12. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's still better than most players in the NBA, but he's not – he doesn't look like – now. If you're, if you're looking for the Herculean ending to like, you know, what does LeBron need to do? Yeah. Well, what he needs to do is dig out of this hole. You come back from this yeah. and win this series and then go on to oh win a championship the rest is, by beating Miami yeah. and Spolstra and Riley and right. all the hatred 
that exists between those groups. Yeah. Wow. How about Kevin Love has a chance to win another championship? Kevin Do you think Love. the NBA is now? He hasn't that, played though? great in this series. No, he yeah. hasn't. Has but he's been, but he has been a factor for but them. But he's still a starter. He was a factor for them late he in plays, the regular yeah. season yeah. and early in the playoffs. Yeah, he starts. I mean, he doesn't play a ton of minutes, but he starts. Do you think the NBA is mad? They were on that road to fight for 18 Lakers Celtics. Oh, they won. Oh, do you think that? Let me tell you the difference between a Lakers Celtics series (laughs) and a Denver Miami series is a couple hundred million dollars in ratings. But I'm looking forward to Miami Denver. I think it's. I think it'll be a good series. It'll be refreshing. It'll be different, but it won't be a ratings. What do we got in overtime, Mike? We got the rest of the viewer questions from Friday. And Boogie, we'll get your insight on a couple of things we didn't get to on the show. So we'll see you on overtime. Boogie we'll on a hot seat. Believe the sports show. Boogie on a hot seat. Uh oh. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.